So first of all, welcome everybody to our um, study on uh, intimacy with God. And with that, I'd like to just get us started with prayer. Father, thank you so much for the fact that we serve a risen Savior who is in this world today. And that, Father, you convict of sin, that you, uh, you, you place in our hearts a desire for um, becoming more like you. You desire to cause us to want you more than anything else. And yet, Father, we have this, these, these internal cravings, these internal um, aspirations, these internal affections that um, seem to make... Um, uh, just a, a disaster of our lives. And Father, then as we pursue those, we come to grips with what you've promised in your word that has to do with the fact that death will follow in all sin. Father, we, we just um, somehow are so blinded and so consumed with um, some of these areas that they actually, uh, we, we don't recognize them in our lives. Father, we know that these areas as we go on this journey and this quest towards intimacy with you and developing a, a life that is um, focused on you, Father, it's, it's, it's you disclosing to us the very nature of our hearts that allows us to be able to become more like you and to deal with reality and to own our sin and to own our idols and to own the things that um, scream at us behind uh, closed doors that these are the things that are keeping us from experiencing all we could uh, in our relationship with you and um, uh, pleasure and um, significance and meaning and purpose and uh, fulfillment and contentment and joy and peace. Father, these are the areas that uh, we want to understand better. Father, as we go on this journey over the next few weeks, Father, I pray that you would um, disclose yourself to us through your power of your word and the power of your spirit so that we may understand um, what is in our hearts that um, you've promised, like in your scriptures, that um, we can't know without your spirit. Um, Father, I pray that you would um, help each of us understand that each of us um, are in a place where we aren't where we should be and that you are in the middle of all that and that you desire to want to show us what is a nobler, a far greater, a far sweeter song than the um, experiences that we tend to um, have day in and day out in our lives. Father, I, may, I pray that you would help us um, come to grips with these areas so that we may um, supplant them with you and you alone. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> All right, there's a couple of uh, handouts out there, if you can make sure you got one of each. Um, there are two of them. Um, let me just quickly orient you to those. Uh, we have uh, a handout that will be our handout for the next three weeks uh, there. And it's, uh, it's uh, part one, part two, part three. And then the other handout is uh, a handout tied to um, specific homework in our lives. And um, I just want to encourage you guys, you know, um, if, if, you're, if you want, so the, so the homework has two parts to it. And it does look quite like there's quite a bit there. But I'll suggest that if you just do something every other day kind of thing. I mean, it's not too difficult. And so... It's, the homework's broken up like we have in the past into two parts. 
One is like the homework that we'll talk in class about. And then second is what we call going deeper. Going deeper is up to you like just to go on your own. Um, I'll suggest that if you go through the going deeper, it'll really, really, really help you specifically in this process of understanding um, just our idols and what is I, 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 our idols in our life. Um, so that's that. Uh, at the beginning of next week, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of ask the, kind of how, how did it go this last week and uh, to the extent that um, you're able to uh, go deeper, please uh, do that. One of the things you'll notice when I say going deeper in each of these three sections is to I says uh, uh, to those of us who would like to go deeper and are looking for a number of questions that might assist assist us in assessing our hearts or in assessing our idols or in assessing like what to do about it. The three sections um, they they are not meant uh, to all be answered, but to help point me to areas in my life where I might want to look closer. Does that make sense? So I'm not we're not it, uh, I have received feedback from a lot of people in, in, in this class about just how this whole area, this area here, um, kicking into the finalization of what we call crystallizing our call, um, may, may be one of the hardest uh, things to do. So I'm really asking you for prayer for each other for for this class, for this next three weeks, because um, once we really come to grips with the very uh, nature and implications of of idols in our life, um, we will be astounded. Like, wh- where have the where has this been all, all my life? I, I need to really figure this out and come to grips with it, and you know, ha- uh, be really be praying that God will do the moral surgery in my life to 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 disclose my heart to me, as I said earlier, and that I can put down some very practical, hands-on. Uh, things to do to uh, begin the process of replacing those idols with something else. Because as all of us are worshipers, as we learned this last couple of weeks, and we're going to replace them with something. So um, we'll, ha- we'll talk more about that. Does that make sense? Yeah? Everybody? Yeah? Okay, great. Um, so with that, um, last couple of weeks, probably hard to read here, um, last couple of weeks, we looked at John Piper's chapter in his book called "Desiring God" on worship, the feast of um, of uh, Christian hedonism, and and we looked the first week. Uh, we sat around a table and we talked about um, Jesus, how he met the harlot at the water well, and and like she was looking for physical water, and he was like trying to satisfy her soul, and and that Jesus is all about. In each of our lives, the, his purpose is um, developing is to create worshipers and worshipers that have transformation of the heart, such that at least from now till he comes again, like there's only a window of time for that transformation to be disclosed to other people and and have them come to Christ. Um, but for all eternity, it's going to be about creating worshipers for um, f- of God uh, forever, um, and so. Uh, we talked about that. We talked about some of the ingredients of worship. Um, what what was fuel? What was the, the what, when we looked at fuel? What was fuel? Do you remember? 
talked about fuel, a furnace. We talked about fire. We talked about uh, heat. Um, okay, uh, truth. And and what did he said? Uh, true worshipers are going to worship me in in truth and in what spirit. And spirit was not like capital S, right? It was spirit of our hearts. So the emotional, the emotive, the component of our hearts that. Um, well up, we saw last time when we're confronted with truth. So when we're confronted with um, light or truth, um, talked about like at a Grand Canyon, like 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 it's shown to us, right? Our very hearts then like automatically like like well up with something, and that those glued together can create worship, and so. Um, the furnace is our very spiritual nature, who we are. And, and so within our spiritual nature, our inner man, our heart, whatever you want to call it, um, this, um, this, under, this disclosure of truth or light combined with the automatic response of that, which is heat um, or our emotions, well up to create worship. Does it make sense to everybody? Yeah? And so, heat are the affections or the emotions. The furnace is our spiritual nature. And then what's missing in that piece in order to cause heat to occur is the fire of the Holy Spirit. So the fire of the Holy Spirit is that spark or that flame or that fanning of the flame, all of that, which is really um, is created by the Spirit of God. And so without any one of these pieces, you can very quickly see how you fall off the horse someplace in, in the process. And so we said true worshipers will worship in spirit and in truth. Um, and then we looked at what worship is, and we said it's, it's gladly redirecting, excuse me, gladly reflecting back to God the radiance of his worth. Gladly re- reflecting back to him the radiance of his worth to us. And so coming to grips with that, seeing it, um, being a part of that uh, is 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 what worship is, and so um, what we said last time was that this is it, we- it wells up in us uh, fulfillment and pleasure. So as we do that, the pleasure of the process of doing that is very evident in our lives, and and it fulfills us. And 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 we talked last time about the affections um, that are created. Um, as a result of having light or truth brought into our lives. Um, the, the first one here, and we said not always are these eight involved, but um, most of the time they're pieces of them. They're not necessarily sequential, necessarily. But um, the first is stunned silence. So when you see that, that um, Grand Canyon, you just like... It's an, it's an amazing, awesome thing. So it's like just stunned silence about, um, about the creation. But then the most important thing is stunned silence about the, the one who must have created this. So it quickly goes from this to that, if you would. Um, awe and wonder is the second one. Uh, to stand amazed. The third one here was fear or majesty, um, like to to be in awe of one so great. 
um, omnipotence, uh, um, uh, and so almightiness. Um, and then to come to grips that, like, even as Isaiah did, like, the very next step of, the, of coming to grips with the, the glory of God that filled the temple, he says he, he bowed down. Like he, he just broken. And so he's like, comes to grips with his own sin. And that's the key thing that, that from, a, from the, what comes before this is, is something that you know, God does. And then, and then the ability to see ourselves in light of God's character, his holiness, who he is has now brought us to a place of saying, whoa, my own sin. Um, and from brokenness, moving to um, a desire or a longing for God's presence, so a desire to want to commune with Him, to fellowship with Him, to know Him, to walk with Him, to, to love Him, uh, to go deep in that relationship. And then that obviously rises up in praise. Um, you know, having... Having um, words on my tongue at a ready state that speak of God's character, like having it just like right on my tongue to talk about, so that when I enter into any conversation, one of the f- things that comes forward first um, isn't my situation, isn't my circumstances, isn't the challenges I'm going through, isn't the you know, grumbling isn't the this or that. The first thing that comes through is to speak of God's hand in my life and His greatness, so that when I leave that that relationship, I will have built that person up, not brought them down in that process. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so then um, uh, the next is as a result of that, um, and having been forgiven and the. The, the praise that comes from that uh, that willing like passionate spirit okay is is this uh, hope and we talked about this hope which is like through all of it God is sovereign he's on the throne he is the one who reigns supreme he is the one that is coming again he is the one that I will spend forever with he is the one that will take away all sin he is the one that will make all things new I could go on and on, and on right but that is the hope that we have in our in our hearts. And then last but not least, it just creates this immeasurable, intense longing um, for God himself to, to be with him, to know him, walk with him. Um, and then we talked about uh, these stages of worship. And as a, believer, as a non-believer, you're at stage zero <laughs> because you can't worship. You can't know God. You can't seek God. You won't. But the three stages of worship for a believer, the lowest is... I, I have a sense of brokenness. I don't have much passion for God. I don't have a desire or a longing for Him that much. Um, and so it's just, the, the great news is, is that God meets us where we're at. That's the most amazing thing in this whole journey I've found to be the case, is that God, in His you know, um, love, meets me where I'm at to take me where He wants me to be. And, and so... It's the lowest is that. It's very little longing. It's like, um, you know, maybe to give an analogy in our situations, maybe, you know, it, maybe it's the, um, you know, the, the desire, to, the knowledge to know that because I'm a spouse, I'm supposed to love my wife. <laughs> but it's been, you know, 
tens of years, maybe, that I've really experienced that that closeness, let's say, maybe, as an example, you know, over time, you know, versus like when you first come to, you know, get married, right? Um, maybe that's an example where I have little longing, I have little love. Well, why is the question? And we have to go on that journey to understand why. Second is um, the, the middle, middle stage is um, I have a longing to be satisfied, but I'm not fully. And, and he made a great point in his book about, or his chapter about, how God is like so pleased with just the longing. Like not even like moving to, like the journey towards is great, but God just loves the longing. In, in, and so that's what gives me great hope in these first two lowest and middle sections is God loves our longing. <laughs> like he, he, he'll show up and be, meet us where we're at in the longing um, to help us realize it completely. And then the la- highest is really just being fully satisfied in him and him alone. Um, and so all of us navigate these three stages at all times in our lives, even throughout the day maybe. And, um, but it's, it's helpful for me to call out the three stages to try to ask myself the question, like, where am I? Like, where am I? Where is God? Like, how, where am I at in this process? And uh, self-assess myself. So any other observations as we think through the last couple of weeks and what we've talked about and what we discussed in, in, in uh, be it... Um, the homework that we went through for the questions or just what you learned or, or observed as it pertains to this whole area of worship. Um, right. Thoughts? Yes, Sammy? Yeah, that was penned by the Holy Spirit. Ransacking the scripture consistently help but be a transformation. Not a vent. Process. But a vent. Yeah. And then, you know, that was so convicting to me. Pick up an autobiography or a biography, but some of these um Literally, yeah. faces. That's very convicting to me. So yeah. I'm walking around the mall, uh, you know, and I'm probably not very, you know, happy looking. <laughs> uh, no, I, I mean that. It, but but am I happy because I'm buying something, yeah. or am I filled with joy? Yeah. And it takes me back to biographies I read about Strauss' um, Strauss argument with her husband. Pointed to she never said a word to her. But what does that mean? I mean, that mean countenance is really. Mm. A collection mm. of the God. In us. So, uh, those that is some great thoughts. Yeah. You know, yeah. Just, just to piggyback on your first point around, I have no greater joy than this that I see my children walking in the in the truth. Um, uh, my mom wrote a biography, um, autobiography, um, and uh, about I don't know, two hundred seventy-five pages, something like that. It's of her childhood up till the time we came back from the mission field so that and she writes right in the preface I, I just started rereading it this weekend um, uh, you know, I'm writing this for my grand, my children and my grandchildren my great grandchildren that, that will come and and she says um, the purpose for doing this is um, that my ch- you know that that each of these would come to Christ and that they would um, and she 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 quoted that verse, you know, that, that they would have no greater, that I would, I would have no greater joy than this, that my children come to Christ. And so that, you know, that really, I, I, I responded, you know, a point. Any other thoughts from the last couple of weeks? Dave? Yeah, almost um, the opposite of that really pleasing God's perspective. It says it really is all about the highest level. The world 
as almost an arrogant sort of confidence. Did, didn't know he would, he had an individual plan for you. Yeah, <laughs> this is where he is most pleased. Yeah. It's progression. Is yeah. Is. Amen. Amen. Got drugged down yesterday. <laughs> Putting up the lights. <laughs> My heart was not right. <laughs> I'd acknowledge it. <laughs> yeah, but it was nice and warm. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I want to make a uh, comment about uh, the idea of brokenness, like other doctrines. Very, very um, concept of brokenness. Very much, certainly uh, from our short. And I make that comment because I've fallen, I fell into it, and I frankly. With my regrets. Mm, amen. 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 Well, good. Let's uh, jump into our study today. Um, we're building on crystallizing the call, which we've been looking at again. At, uh, four weeks from now, um, Samuel start on stilling our hearts for intimacy and, and lead us into building the foundation, if you would. Um, when we look at um, our outline. Uh, the third part that we're on today is uh, is our worship, and <clears throat> what I've said here is to intention to honestly evaluate and deliberately reorient the passions of our hearts. Um, l- let me be very clear: like, like I can't do this. I, I can't do this by myself. Uh, only God can do this. And so that's why I asked the question earlier: Will you will you go on a three week journey of prayer with me? personally, to go and look at your heart and ask God to disclose your heart to you, my heart to me, in a way maybe that we've never done before. Um, That's my ask. Um, That's a big ask, but that's my ask. And so we're going to be looking at the idols of our hearts over the next three weeks. Let's talk about, before we get into the details, I want to step back for one second and talk about a number of key areas that I think are good for us to frame as we think about this subject of reorienting our hearts. Um, First is, um, whether we are called to live or whether we are called to die, we we are to do it for the Lord, for the Lord. Let's turn to Romans chapter 14 and let's look at verses 7 and 8 together. Romans 14, 7 and 8. If you've got that, go ahead and read it if you would. Not one of us lives for himself, and not one of us dies for himself. Lord, or if we die, we die for the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. <clears throat> so the principle here that we start with is that is that um, there are only two choices on a shelf. We're going to please ourselves or we're going to please the Lord. And so the framework here is that, like whether we're living or whether we're die, we, we are to die. His his act, God, God's um, expectations are that we'll do that for the Lord. Um, and so, my question I have as we start this off, like just to begin with, is you know, am I living for the Lord, or am I living for myself? Are you living for the Lord? Are you living for yourself? Um, he says, whether we're this life or next, we should be living for the Lord. Um, 
And when you ask yourself the question, um, am I living for the Lord? What are you really asking out loud? What does what that, what does that kind of look like? Do you think? And that's a gen, that's a that's a generic expectation to be set, right? But what, how does it manifest itself into specifics? Everything. Yeah, everything. Okay. Yeah. Life is life. You get up. Yeah. <laughs> right. well, you get up and you eat. It's like. Okay, so all this yeah. Into the mundane. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, my day is yep. pretty. You know, I'm home a lot. Yep. My day is pretty. Just wait, get up. Yeah. You know, and yep. study and stuff. I yeah. Do yeah. I, I, again, your point that you made before that even the longing for it yeah. counts. Yeah, and yeah, I yeah. Think that's what up. Yeah. It is, and life does happen. And one of the biggest things that really just causes me to think you know, that everything does count. That this moment in life is causing me to become more like Jesus, yep. to be pleasing to God. So whatever comes our way, yep. whether it's waiting or whether doing. it's something smacking <laughs> in the face, yep. you know, including responding, work and doing, being cut off, what, how I respond counts. Yeah. Everything counts in, yeah. in my day. And, and, and that, go ahead. Yeah. Last thing I want to do is put up lice. We clear? Glorify God. Each day. Yeah. Okay. What can? Yeah. You know, it doesn't necessarily. Yeah. Where it's at, and so then when we say everything, all the way through. Absolutely. For for me, it was like, okay, I. First of all, I don't enjoy doing that. Okay. Be clear. Um, second of all, like it's a beautiful day out. Like, I, you know, can think of a million things other than this to do, right? Um, but then I was so convicted because Sally stopped me. She said, "Like, like, is the end more important than going through the process? And isn't it more important the people you're doing this with than getting it done?" I was like, oh, "Conviction stabbed me in the heart." You know, yeah, it is. Yeah, and I'm wrong. You're right. Um, and so I had to own that. I had to own that. And so what does it look like in the mundane? What it looks like in the mundane is that is that the decisions of our hearts are being made at times when we don't even think that it matters. We, we tend to think that we're going to decide that we're pleasing God or living for God or doing it for the Lord in the big stuff, but... I'll suggest it's in the little stuff that God creates us and prepares us to be able to do it in the big stuff. And so it's it's kind of an all-in thing, but it's all those little decisions of the heart. Yeah. Just on that note, I kind of talking about the mundane. Your mom and your home and you're just, everyone's out doing great things for God. It's a really good example. You know, and I'm home here doing fun and seeing this play and, you know, it was just terrible to, like, God calling people to heaven. And, Towards the end, he calls this woman. He tells her, come call the preacher, and you call the evangelist. Call that person over there. And, and she goes, oh, he said, you touched the neighbor's lives. And, and, and then God just struck my heart with whatever your hand finds to do. There you go. And I started to say, okay, well, my cleaning is blessing somebody, yeah. my kids, my neighbor's yep. food. And, you know, I... I you I, started reframing everything you did. Right. What I thought was good. Exactly. What was but isn't it crazy how our hearts um, put these kind of things on trial just automatically? Like, like it's the little things we can just put our hearts on trial, and like, 
Um, so, yeah, it's, it's small things. It's big things. It's our heart. It's our wantings. It's our longings. It's why we do what we do. It's reframing it all um, to, to help. I yeah. I, I am friends with Timothy's coach, and he posted on Facebook really long security lines in, to Florida. Well, I hope you get to your flight on time, and then I didn't even think. Then he texted me back, and he said, I got onto my flight with one minute. I didn't even pray about that. Mm-hmm. I, I just was like, oh, I hope, just like, you know, anybody would mm-hmm. do what I thought. Even a small thing like that, I was like, well, thank you, Lord, that even though I didn't all just little circumstances. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's really critical for us to get a sense of what that looks like. Um, in our lives. Yeah. Just, you, know, you were talking about your countenance. In, you know, I'll, I'll bring you out one day. You have a beautiful countenance. How many things hard for you, but you're just wanting Amen. to please God just to, to just blesses me all the time, just so you know. And I, I had a grandma who lived in Germany who was very, um, had to spend a lot of time taking care of my grandpa who was a riot. I mean, he was just a crazy man. But also a hard man, and especially at the end. And she's stuck at home, couldn't go to church very often. But but she, I always say she's the one who lived the three times that yeah. I saw her in my life. Yeah. And um, her countenance was a countenance of beauty. And, and it was just a peace. And it wasn't happy. She was a very serious woman. <laughs> but her countenance was a peace. Yeah. Just at peace with what God had her doing yeah. at that point. Never a harsh word spoken. To, I'm sure she thought harsh words, yeah. but, but it was just her countenance just spoke. This is what God has for me to do, and she would say these things. You know, a little bit I had that woman spoke more things in my life than a lot of people have. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. um, her countenance was peace upping what God Amen. had for her for today. It wasn't a happy go lucky yeah. countenance. It was but you can that tell. That you can absolutely tell. Absolutely. A crazy thing. So I mean, you always, you know, I didn't understand. And her her bit. situation was different than this situation, different right. than that one, right? right. Of other people, right. but you can see it uh, shine through in their right. countenance. What a difference we yeah. can make in someone else's lives by just the, the whole. And that countenance usually um, the critical element of that countenance is: Do I am I grumbling? Right. Um, so guilty. <laughs> totally. Guilty personally. That's I'm the guilty. First thing that wants to Me come out guilty. Of my <laughs> <laughs> Me guilty. Um, so, yeah. Uh, next one is, uh, because we have been purchased with the most precious price in the universe, the passion of our hearts should be um, should be uh, to glorify God in all aspects of our lives. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. <clears throat> Somebody got that? Amen. Therefore, glorify God in your body because you've been purchased with a price. I think so many times I live my life thinking that I'm the owner of my life. Like, like I am the owner, you know? And, um, yeah, it's my body, my, my, you know, way of doing it and everything. And what this, this verse does is it just screams at us saying, no, 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 no. Like, we've been purchased by the precious blood of Christ. And if there's no more valuable currency than that to which I should bow and submit myself to, that incredible, matchless love of Christ to do that on my behalf, oh my goodness, how prideful am I? How um, 
unloving am I? How ungrateful am I? How, I could just keep going on and on and on. And it just puts me in a place of like, oh my goodness, I, I live for myself too often. And I don't want to do that anymore. I want to live for Him. And I want, I want to please Him as a result of that. We are to lay aside our old lives and be renewed in the spirit of our minds and put on the new self. I could spend quite a bit of time in this passage. Let's turn to Ephesians um, chapter 4 um, and take a look at this. Um, Ephesians chapter 4, uh, verses 17 through 24. 25 through 32 really is, is are some specific examples of how to operationalize um, really... Um, uh, verses 20 through 24. 17 through 20 have to do, and 19 have to do with kind of the walk of our old man. I won't spend a lot of time in there other than to summarize really quickly, which is, he says, in our old man, we had a futility of mind in verse 17, which means that we had uh, a perspective in our minds that um, when, we, when you take it to its logical conclusion... It, um, it, it's a mirage. It, it's vapor. It like just, it's not going to last. Second, in verse eighteen, is that they had their hearts darkened in understanding. So th- they, they had no light from within at all. Everything that came out that was dark, if you would, and they were excluded from the life of God. So they were dead spiritually. Um, and because of the ignorance that's in them, and because of the hardness of their heart, they, they were spiritually dead. Verse 19, and they become callous. So nothing um, nothing can, got, in, got through the outer skin, so to speak. Um, uh, and they were given themselves over to sensuality for every practice of every impurity and greediness. So that is, is the life of the, uh, of the old man. He says, verse 21 through 24. Somebody want to read that? Okay. So, 21 through 24 gives us a framework for thinking through some things. Okay? And so, talk me through the framework of, he says, but you did not learn Christ in that way as in our old man. You learned it in the new man. And then he tells them to do something. Talk to me about, like, what does that look like? How does he say you should you should think this through? You have not heard you have not heard him. Indeed, you have heard him and have not and, and have been taught in him, just as truth is in Jesus. That in reference to your former manner of of life, do what? What are you supposed to do first? Lay aside our old self. So that'd be the first thing to do here is to lay aside our old self. What does that look like or mean? Yes. Yeah, it's the way the world thinks. The way the world thinks, and so, um, so the first step in trying to, I'll call it operationalize, um, this whole area of becoming more like Christ. The first area is to lay aside our old self. So, so stop or put off the things that would naturally come to mind as a way of doing what I would. Th- or a way of even thinking about that thing. Does that make sense? So, like, the world thinks this way. The world does this things. Like, that 
is like almost 100, like 180 degrees difference. Go looking over here for the right answer. <laughs> you know, it's it's not over here. It's over here someplace. So first of all, put that off in our, in your mind. Go ahead. You know, I, you would, I, I'd be very interested. The garden categorizing. That was my first yep. thought. But um, I went to this thought. There are a lot of good people, good moral people. I have some friends. Yeah. Good people. Six kids. Great kids, yes, really good sound. But but all of the activities that are not leading them and to help. Yep. Is I'm trying to some sort of point. Yes. Yeah. If we do things from Christ in our mind and our we're just yep. Yep. that's not glorifying God. Yep. Even though we're in Christ. Yep. But it, it must be Correct. And it being in the mind of Christ means really clearly doing the right thing for the right reason, the right way, at the right time. That's what that's what means good. That's good. That's defined as good. The right thing, the right way, the right reason, right time. I mean, you can lie three of the four there and and not hit the ball out of the park. Um, fall very very sh- short. And most of the people in that space are doing it for the wrong reasons. It's the why factor usually, um, almost invariably. Does that make sense? That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I, I was, well, my mind goes to sitting around the table at work with yep. my little world, yep. you know, and it's there isn't always that we're, we're think on the totally wrong page in what we're thinking, yep. but it's the why I'm thinking exactly. that that's really just, yeah. That has changed how I think about interacting with people a lot, um, is to try to think those through. Like, when you in my own mind, like, I could be doing the right thing for the right reasons, um, or doing the right thing the right way, but for all the wrong reasons, maybe, right? So it doesn't make it right. That's good. I'm glad you're asking that question. It'll come. You're going to get to their motive. It'll come. Uh-huh. Just like your kids, right? It'll come. Young, why, 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 yes. why? And you ultimately get to because what God said so. Yeah. <laughs> because God wants you to. Yeah. It's, that's, that's I want to please God, or whatever, or I want to please myself, right? I want to look better, or whatever. Yeah. What if, like, you're doing something, and you're right away, and for the reason why, maybe you come later on, back I'm doing it, like, yeah. like, you have a relationship with, like, a friend, yeah. and, like, you made my heart, I'm a believer, you know, how I, whatever it is. Yeah. But then there's other times, it's like, hanging out. Like, that's just an example. Like, do I just stop doing it then, or, like, do I just, like, is it always just going to constantly be that battle back and forth of, like, why do I do it? Like, I, I, th- I think I think the very sen- I mean, first of all, if you're asking the question, it's a good thing because if you're not asking the question, it's probably you're just you're blown by the the answers, right? But if you're asking the right question, the great news is you can change that. You can change it. You know, I mean, is it good to spend time with a non-Christian brother or a brother in Christ who's not walking the way they should? Yeah, but if I'm doing it for the wrong reasons, then I need to change my reasons. Mm-hmm. doesn't mean I should stop doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Follow me? Yeah. I'm just, I'm just like a lot of thoughts are in my head. Like, yeah. It seems like we're all asking the question, like, what's our purpose? Like, mm-hmm. like, it's like everything we do, we have to ask to have a purpose. Like, it does. Like, that's what we, and it's like, what are we doing? Glorify God, hopefully. But like, like, how does that look? Yeah. That, that was Linda's question. What does that look like, mm-hmm. you know, day in and day out day? Well, I, I've learned something. <laughs> it's spiritual truth. <laughs> <laughs> ask a question. Say yes, Papa. But what is say yes, Papa, is question. Yeah. A so way I, of directing I, your I path. Thank you for this little innocence, but I, I've learned that uh, the spiritual truth in my own life is that your question, you ask the question, 
What are you saying? Say yes, say yes guy. Mm -hmm. say, say no guy. <laughs> I'm not going to be sick. I am going to feel a selfish motive. You're asking the question, why am I asking it? It's, that's where I yeah. I think it gives a great opportunity to be able to change your reason, change your way, change your method, change whatever that makes sense to please God, you know. So hopefully that, that's helpful. But in this setting, he says very clearly um, that uh, um, put off the old self, which is being corrupted in, in accordance with the lusts of deceit. So in, in, our, in, our, in our wantings, our wantings from our humanness are corrupting or making foul or like taking to the garbage dump um, the, the, the things that we are doing um, because our thirstings, our wantings in our humanness are, are going to corrupt and, and, and screw up everything we do. And it says, on the other hand, um, and, and you being renewed in the spirit of your mind, okay, it's the spirit of our mind where true transformation takes place. It's that's where God does His transforming work. It's in our minds, um, not methods, not process, not programs. It's in our minds. Yeah. Location. Yes. Of their minds. It's where the battle. Amen. Amen. And He says very clearly, um, and put on the new self which in the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. And so this idea of putting on the new self, um, how, how do you do that? How does that done according to 23 and 24? What, like in order to do this, what do you, what do, you do? How does it, what does it mean to put on the new self, which has been created in these things? You always have a choice. Like, try to make it complicated. Yep. And every time you do something. Yeah. It's, not, it's, that simple. it's that simple. Back to your simplicity. <laughs> it's really simple. No, seriously, like in my mind, I really like always want to do like what's glorifying to God. Yeah. And I want to, but I say, you know what? It's not possible. Like I make excuses. I'm, I'm simple. It can't always happen. It can't be accomplished. And even now, like to you guys talking, I was thinking like, well, this is our simple, and we're not. Then I think to myself, but why would he well, tell like, us to do something exactly. that we can't do? Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. And then, in right? My mind, well, I'm just using it as an excuse, is like for my exactly. infection and my failure. Exactly. Like, and it's just like, why can't I just say yes to God and no to this? Yeah. Why, why, like, it's that simple. I yeah. Can't. yeah. He always gives us the option of the way out or yep. the escape or the to do the right thing. Yeah. Always, you know, you mean? Like, we have the choice. So instead of putting like the blame on other things, it's like put the blame on my own self. So like that's what I see with that. Put the blame on you to do what like, you can actually. Man. Like, it all comes down to what you really want. What Man. You so for yeah, sure. I like what yeah. Have that capability. Yes. Yes, all because of Christ. I can do all things through Him who strengthens me, right? <laughs> Self. Yeah. And I think it's as simple as what you just described. I think you you nailed it. Squall. I mean, it's, it's as simple as saying, am I going to please God as a result of this? Yeah. Yes. 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 This idea of... Putting on and being renewed is an ongoing verb. It just—it's like uh, continually do this. Yeah. yeah. In, in the end, point four it says, "Which in this up, okay, Alex? If you bow, and just exactly what the Greek said, God has been—it's—it's mm. it's Christ. Amen. Given us the capability. Yeah. Moment by moment. Yeah. Amen. Even in your darkest moments. 
it's like yeah. really like a hard soul, like yep. whatever it is. Yeah. Like even if there's that low voice in your head, it's just like, yeah. like that, like that little like, just reaching out for help. Yeah. Like, right. It's just like acknowledging that he's the one can help mm-hmm. is even like the, mm-hmm. the the beginning of longing. Yeah, you right. Take your focus a little bit off like the hard like times yeah. like that, and just put it a little bit on him. Understand the value, yeah. I know we're going down the yep. track here a little bit. This is fast forward for um, but talking about this idea of every that begins to wear and mm. despair is hopelessness. In other words, it's unbelief. That's why this whole idea of the battle is in the mind. This is where you take every thought captive yes. and you say, Yes, I feel this way. That you know, we're, we're there. And all the time, yeah. maybe not every that whole idea, and you say, Yes, I feel this way, yeah. but I know, but I know that the knowing trumps emotion, yes. yeah. But I know, and I choose, yeah, that's where the hope comes in, in. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, in my Bible, in my Bible, I have to the side hope, you know. That reason. My yeah. mouth was already starting to work. <laughs> <laughs> and, I say, and I know for me in my walk, things that helped me was what, because my mind knows different yeah. you that you make your God does this beautiful walk and emotionally finds you there. Amen. Or you find him there. Amen. You know what I mean? And, you know, I remember like going through time, great struggle and thinking, I don't even know I'm reading. And he would say, just. Yeah, even though your heart just doesn't agree with you or doesn't want you right now. Yeah. And then, you know, I said, and, you know, praise the Lord. Amen. He doesn't leave you there. Amen. You know? And so, you know, you're talking about that, like saying. The cool thing is that intimacy with God is similar to intimacy with your spouse, you know, and so it's like when you know the right thing to do, do it, you know, and like emotions will follow and will continue and Don't grow. Your heart, though. <laughs> like, seriously, I think we emphasize the heart a lot, and I think it's a good thing. You heart a lot. In yeah. Like, yeah. Like, Outweigh your, your reasons. Straight, yeah. Which like, gets you in trouble, yep. but if you listen to like, always be Well, let me close off with two more quick points. Uh, First of all, God's purpose in our hearts is to be all His and commune with one another, whether in this life or the next. All His and commune with Him in this life or in the next. Last but not least here, intimacy is experiential. It grows out of praise and a song that no one else can understand in the same way. Our intimacy with God prepares us for what I call the reaping. And I'm going to talk more about that next time. But when you think about, like, experientially, this Revelation verse is about um, these 144,000 who, who sang a new song. It was a song that no one else knew. And they followed the Lamb around wherever He went. And the beauty of this is that they have this experiential knowledge of God being there all in all in the midst of the greatest thing that challenge that could ever occur for mankind, which is to be a martyr for their faith. And they knew God in that way because no one else like who has never done that before could really experientially understand it that way. And you know, I think about just a lot of things, maybe a death of a loved one, my parents, a friend, death of a child, an abortion, a miscarriage, um, persecution for our faith, surgery, disease, cancer, maybe abuse, incredible grief or sorrow, maybe children that, or parents or others that don't know Christ. And these are all things that like, I, these things will either like push me away from God or they will draw me in like nothing else. 
And it's these things that, that cause me to say, I'm going to become more intimate with God, and I'll have a song to sing that no one else can sing it the same way because I tasted those things personally with Him in the driver's seat. Does that make sense? Um, so, if we had time, I, I know everybody in this room could, could speak of many, many opportunities like this that have occurred in your life. Count them precious. Count them as ways to, to, to really grow in your in your walk with the Lord, um, because either the, either that will happen, or you will put God on trial, and you will be forever mad at Him, and you will have anger in your heart, and you will never experience intimacy with God. That's it. It's those two directions. There's nothing in between. Sam, would you close us in prayer? Father, we are casting each and every out. Pray that uh, we not be uh, cherish the true measure them and our collect your awesome, powerful image. Lord, may we have those around us. Mm. We ask you. Amen. Have a wonderful day. Part one. Part one this week, yep.